Hello and welcome to Are You a Weezer Fan? As always, I'm John, here with Bill. This podcast died when Matt Sharp left the band. The show that brings you the chronological story of Weezer history, music, and lore. Bill, what are we doing today? We have come to the end of Green. We did it. We, we wow. talked about everything. Yeah. Um, well, no, I don't think we did, which is why we have this episode <laughs> to kind of bring it back and hit the things we missed. Okay, but. yeah, we talked about everything. And here's the things we missed while we talked about everything. <laughs> and that will be everything, I hope. I'm, I got to get out of green. I don't know what it is about this album, but my this, headspace has been weird and green. I completely agree. This one has been a little bit more of a funk and it's like, it's not because it's a bad album. I really like this album. It's, it was a weird research phase all the way around. Yeah. Um, because, well, I mean, let's talk about it. When, when Pinkerton ended, the band was pretty much done. If, if, if things went a slightly different way, I feel like our podcast would be, would have been over three episodes ago. Right. They seemingly brought in Mikey Welsh to do nothing. He quit his band and moved to L.A. and there was nothing happening. He was writing some stuff that he was sending to Rivers, but none of it was getting used. That was that was one of the weirder things to find out. It's like, yeah, I know they had a different bass player. Oh, he didn't do anything. And then when he started doing things, it only lasted a couple of months, really. Yeah, I mean, wild, because they're seemingly not doing much of anything. We know that Rivers is kind of holed up writing music in his own time. Uh, some of the other guys are doing some other stuff uh, with their side projects, but it, it's really when they get booked on some shows that are going to be coming up in the summer of 2000 that, you know, they start getting hyped and start doing Weezer again a little bit. Yeah, that was the other hard thing that we, like, we were doing the research and we were like, why did they start writing songs and why is this tour happening at all? And the best answer we had was they got offered that Japan show, the festival. Yeah. So it was the summer Sonic festival in 2000 in Osaka. Um, and then there was also the warp tour that they got booked onto for a few dates, just uh, down California. Right. But even that was so like, just, I don't know, serendipitous, I guess, that they were just started doing shows and Warped Tour was coming through and straight up Kevin Lyman was just like, hey, Weezer, come on, <laughs> come yeah. play some shows. Wild. And then um, Weezer is then touring and writing and demoing like fucking aggressively at that point. Um, they get into the green studio eventually with like 70 demos. Yeah. And I mean, I guess the other just coincidence is running into their old producer Rick Ocasek at the first U.S. show back from Japan right when they start the tour in New York just their old producer happens to be at that show maybe that's why this has been so weird it's just a string of coincidences and happenstances that just made green even happen and then even I mean Weezer as we talked about in the first two albums is just really good at timing like, if Blue happened at any other time, Weezer wouldn't have been such a success. Mm -hmm. And if their comeback album happened at any other time, I don't think it would have been as big either. Right, because, I mean, 2001, obviously, in the United States was an interesting time for a lot of different <laughs> things, uh, a lot of different reasons. Correct. And Island in the Sun was something that people kind of needed. Well, even if not needed, um, one of my favorite pages on Wikipedia is the list of songs banned after 9-11. If you don't know, the uh, pretty much the like telecommunications uh, as a whole just got together and told the radio stations they aren't playing 
any songs that are like talking about violence or bad about the government. A lot of weird ones were banned that just mentioned flying or airplanes. And uh, it did take a good chunk of songs off rotation at the time. Mm-hmm. And Island in the Sun was primed to be everywhere. Yeah, and it was. Um, wow. Yeah, timing, serendipity, random happenstance. Well, like... Uh, gives them another, like, <laughs> platinum album. It's wild. Yeah, well, it does. So, well, they went in to start recording Green in December. And again, just random happenstance. First TV appearance of Weezer in five years is on the Jay Leno Tonight Show. Oh, yeah. That's the one when he, he just shows up at their house. No, uh, it, it was the studio. The studio. Okay. Yeah. I guess uh, Jay Leno just had a bit at the time where he'd walk around going door to door of like places he had access to and just seeing who would answer. And he knocked and uh, Pat showed up. Pat Wilson just answered the door to Jay Leno with cameras. And he's like, oh, hello. <laughs> and it takes uh it takes them a second to get to Leno questioning him about stuff and he's like, Well yeah, I'm I'm in Weezer, I'm the drummer and they're like, Oh, oh Oh, that's why you're here. Weezer, <laughs> nice to meet you. Somehow this ends up with Pat dressing up as Elvis and singing uh let me double check, I have the song right, Can't Help Falling in Love with You and dress up as Elvis and if you're on Weezerpedia that is credited as their first song on television in five years after that really awkward much music Canada acoustic set wow okay um yeah and I remember that that was a lot of fun and we didn't hit that on uh, any of the episodes so. yeah no we TV we didn't cover I we, we kept trying to put it in two different episodes and we just I know we just kept fucking it up well I don't think we fucked up I think nothing significant happened which is weird um, because we have had significant TV appearances by Weezer before, but this just kind of went smoothly. I think the only one that would have been worth like really talking about was the uh, MTV Movie Awards, just because you can find it online. Just the set piece is really nice. They got their big old flying W. What do they call that thing? Is that right? I don't know. Winged W? Van yeah. Halen knockoff logo? Does it have a name? I'm sure it everything has a name. This is the Weezer fandom we're talking about. If it doesn't have yeah. an official one, somebody's named it. You're right. Uh, there's some good pyro. It's a decent performance, but it's it's just hash pipe and island in the sun. And all of these, they do a lot. They do a lot of uh, late night shows during this cycle. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so they're doing the late night shows. They're recording uh, over like kind of Christmas time in 2000. Yeah. The album gets leaked uh, as it's getting finished up kind of like in February. Yeah. Uh, All 10 of the songs just in like not fully finished versions plus four B-sides get leaked. Yeah. Unmixed. Well, maybe mixed. Unmastered for sure. The Mm -hmm. final songs and then songs that didn't end up making the record. Yeah. Um, So those are circulating around on the internet before the album does eventually drop in its finished form in May of 2001. Right. And we're touring still. Yeah, so no, much. They're tour- it's apparently that's what Weezer does. If they're not contemplating not being a band anymore, they're on the road. But then quickly, it's it's during this tour, right after the album comes out, that things really aren't going great for Mikey Welsh and his mental health. Right. He what was it? He loses it. He's kind of falling apart the whole tour, and when he has to go to Europe and you know across an ocean for 
I think it was like a month or so for the European tour. He says he has a mental breakdown. You know, you listened to the touring episode last time. That's when Mikey just essentially gets very bad health issues. Last performance is on uh, Leno again. It's full circle, right? Yeah, Leno. Uh, July 27th, I believe it was. Um, which is really then only a couple months after the album comes out. And then we pick up Scott Schreiner within the next month. He plays his first show in late August of 2001. Um, and at this point already though, like I'm getting ahead of myself because before one thing that happens uh, in Europe is they play that BBC sessions <laughs> yeah. where they're supposed to just be promoting the green album and they play nothing but new songs that end up being on Maladroid, a bunch of them. I think that's another reason this whole green uh, podcasting timeline for us has been hard because they're already on to the next album which is it's weird it seems like they don't like green but from i've never said seen any of them say that they don't appear to not like the album but they fire everybody all of their management team right when it comes out right and start performing new songs they don't start performing to promote the album they do to an extent they do it on the late shows and stuff but yeah it was a bbc show when yeah. They just said, no, we're not playing green, we're not playing blue, we're playing new songs. I think two or three of which make the next album we're going to talk about. Yeah, uh, and, and I, I completely agree with you that like it was a weird cycle for green kind of because it was much longer than the blue album cycle or much longer than the Pinkerton cycle, you know, with the hiatus that was thrown in. But it was right. also just as cramped when we got into what green actually was. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a relaxed four-year cycle. <laughs> it was two years of nothing and then two years of insane Weezer. Yeah, that seems to be the case. I'm I'm curious to see what happens when we keep digging into Weezer. <laughs> what happens when they don't, like, have a have that big old hiatus that happened in the middle of this? Yeah. Did the, uh, did, I'm straight up asking this off the cuff, did the album leak on Napster or was it leaking on other file share sites? I have no have idea. Because this is a really interesting time. Um, 2000, people are finally starting to get high-speed internet, which is really funny to call it that now because it was not. Yeah. But there were things capable on dial-up as well, which was slow as fuck. But Weezer had moved to the internet. By 2000, uh, the Weezer.com was set up. Um, Carl essentially continued the legacy of the Weezine in Carl's Corner, but it was updates on Weezer.com. Mm -hmm. So, like, Weezer's online, finally. And, like, file sharing is something that kind of leads to social media as we know it. And MySpace actually gets going at this time. And um, in a book that I was just last night finishing up some chapters on, uh, Top 8, uh, they were talking about how Rivers Cuomo was one of the first like celebrity musicians to join MySpace just as a user, not like promoting his band, but he did have a page where he would upload acoustic demos. Mm -hmm. So that's where a lot of people started to hear some of these new songs from because Rivers was just straight up putting them on his MySpace page. Yeah, I mean, and now we see that in this day and age, you can download an app on your iPhone called Weezify, where <laughs> you can like buy thousands of like Weezer and mostly like Rivers solo demos oh, yeah. that he's uploaded and made an app for. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, what's also interesting with this, which we'll find out if we uh, keep track of it, Rivers really does like 
being on social media to interact with his fans. And this is the start of it with MySpace. Yeah. Um, it's going to come back a lot harder in 2009. Yeah. He's going to be on Twitter. He's, he is currently on TikTok. Uh, he has a Snapchat that he talks with fans with. I don't, I don't feel comfortable about that. That I don't like that storyline. Typically, never goes well from no. what I hear of celebrities that are on Snapchat. Well, also something that I don't love. Uh, this book specifically talks about how MySpace did originally have a large uh, Asian community and population on it, just kind of like by the other websites they were associating themselves with, just to try to get users. And uh, the writer of this book who uh, was, what was their title, like MySpace Music Marketing or something, like clearly notes like Rivers Cuomo has an Asian woman fetish and MySpace was perfect for him. I'm like, ah, yeah, fuck, dude. (laughs) Another thing that kind of makes me uncomfortable with Rivers. Okay. It's just, it's a weird thing for the world to know, to make part of your personality and write into every one of your albums. Is it every one of the albums? Is it? Does it happen in green? Shit. Yeah, we should pay more attention. <laughs> we need to listen to the music that we listen to. We do. But it, it was like noted that that was some, and this is part of putting your personal self on a social media app. Like Rivers really does want people to know his personal life. Hence Pinkerton. Mm -hmm. Like he was confident in putting, I guess he wasn't confident. He was a little weary when Pinkerton was coming out, but yeah, he clammed up musically, but I think having social media let him tell fans how he felt without jeopardizing the music. Maybe. Or the commercialism of the music. Okay. Wow. Well, we'll have to pay a lot more attention to that as that comes up. <laughs> yeah. In sorry. Just future just, years. Yeah, we're getting way off track, Bill. I think we're on track because this I is the we time are, period. Well, the uh, so here, bring it back. The website is up, and on the website they do that uh, fan polling for uh, who they wanted them to tour with. Oh yeah, and so we get the Get Up Kids, which to me just feels like a bunch of kids that listened to Pinkerton and loved it, and this is what they were also listening to. And then on the other side, we get Ozma, who just sounds, sounds like, like Weezer. Weezer. Um, I feel like that was, yeah, we only have two Weezer albums to listen to, and I want more Weezer, so I'm going to listen to Ozma. Yeah, no, I absolutely have already listened to more Ozma since we did <laughs> oh, last nice. time we recorded. Um but you said you had an interesting note on the Get Up Kids, right, on that tour? Yeah, it's still uh, in this book, Top 8. The singer, the Get Up Kids, um, is interviewed a lot for it. And he apparently, and the whole band, did not have a good time on that Weezer tour. He says it's the only band he's toured with for that extended period of time that he never met, never saw, did not interact with once. And he said it was a real bummer, and it was a bad experience for the Get Up Kids on that tour. But they didn't mind the exposure, though. Okay. And like, that's interesting because like, there's potentially a lot of different reasons for that. And I have no idea. And it's just speculation, but like, could it have been like Mikey was off doing drugs, not having a good time. (laughs) And the rest of the band is not really super about that. So they were just kind of not around or was it that they were aggressively like, all hanging out together writing and like getting some shitty tape demos of new shit because at this point this is post green release 
we know so they, they're already working on the next album. That's a pretty damn good theory, actually, that they're just hunkered down trying to make Maladroit happen. Right. Like what? It, it's a bummer that that happens for the Get Up kids who might have really wanted to be on that tour and meet yep. those guys and mm-hmm. hang out with them. Um, but I, I think there's a non zero percent chance that they were all like just hold up working on shit in between shows. I think that could be it. Maybe at this time, River still just like hides off in a room somewhere too. I don't know if he's a, if he, I don't know if he ever breaks out of that show. Yeah, I mean, because didn't he say at some point about having you know chatting with people on tours? Just like you have the same stupid ten second conversation two hundred times a night. Oh right, that was yeah when he started to write Pinkerton, and then he'd just go hole up and write songs. Yeah, maybe that's exactly what happened in Green. They were starting to make Maladroit. I, li- I like that theory. Okay. I Hey, wild speculation. But, <laughs> wild speculation. Um, could could make me feel better about the guy from the Get Up Kids that just <laughs> wanted to hang out with Weezer. Uh, yeah. Um, well, Bill, did we miss anything else? I don't think so. Because Tour- I think we're right up to it. We tour, yeah. we get Scott. Scott gets attacked on stage by a friend at his first show. <laughs> that It's always like <clears throat> a note that is talking about Scott's first show. I really don't think there's anything to it. Was he injured? Did anything bad happen? No, but I think... Did, did he even miss a note? No, like, and, and that's the kind of thing. So it's just like, it's noted as like attacked on stage, but like he, it, it was a buddy. It wasn't like a stabbing or anything. Right. So like if it's somebody jumping on stage at a rock show and like trying to hug a bassist (laughs) like yeah security should be up there and trying to drag him off and the bassist should do their damnedest to continue playing the song but like that's not an attack that's just like preemptive to a stage dive i think you know like fucking mike durnt got his teeth knocked out at that woodstock when a security guard tackled him that seems notable but i think people just want something to be noted in scott's first performance yeah. Well, speaking speaking of which, the at least the Wikipedia lists a couple live members of the Weezer touring uh, band. One of which I don't know if should be noted, which would be the guy at our timeline. Oh uh, yeah, was it Bobby Schneck? I think it was Bobby. I was going to say Danny. Um, <laughs> Good thing we have it. But yeah, so he was. Uh, he's a guitar tech. He worked with a lot of bands actually. Weezer, Green Day, uh, Slash. Uh, from what I read, and mm-hmm. he's also just a kind of hired gun. Will come up on stage and play bass a little bit. Um, so for a couple songs on this Green Tour, he would pop out. And from what I understand, it was not like a Mikey fill-in thing. Yeah, that's like, what it's, it doesn't sound like Mikey missed a show. He was just fucked up. <laughs> yeah, but like even you know he wasn't coming out to play bass because Mikey couldn't hang. He was yeah. just coming out to play bass to play bass for a song. That's what it seems like, but he has noted and I was like, why is this man noted? Yeah. Well, because during this tour cycle, uh we're playing Island in the Sun a lot. Carl plays Maracas a lot. I don't see Carl listed as well, he kind of is listed as a band member, but Right. Yeah. No, he's a band member. And the uh, SNL performance, Will Farrell plays Maracas for Island in the Sun. Yeah, okay. She plays it really straight. I, I had to find it on TikTok cuz SNL's really uh I think litigious about YouTubers uploading performances. That's a bummer. Yeah, but I mean, it was cute. But I wouldn't say Will Ferrell's a touring musician with Weezer. No. So yeah, uh, but you know, he was absolutely a guitar tech for them, and yes. he's you know, from what I understand, like a pretty legit guitar tech and a 
legit hired gun yeah. um, in music for a lot of guys. So, yeah. Um, okay. okay. Now, 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 now do we cover everything? I think we did. Okay. <laughs> we write a bunch of notes and sometimes they don't all make it into the episodes where we want them. But, you know, we're trying to tell more of a narrative, which I think there's a lot of in Weezer. There's really good stories in this band. Mm-hmm. But you keep having to double back to stuff as yeah. well. Um, because like we kept saying when we conceptualized this show months and months ago, Bill, it just keeps coming back to Weezer. <laughs> it's always Weezer. It's always fucking Weezer. Speaking of which, Bill, should we bring it back to Weezer and listen to some B-sides? Yeah, we got these leaked uh, leaked B-sides, more than demos, unmastered songs that made their way onto the internet before Green came out. Well, And then, you know, they end up getting actually, I mean, so what, Teenage Victory song is the 11th song that leaks. Uh, what does this end up as a B-side to? Man, this is your highly researched Weezer podcast here. <laughs> Was this the Island in the Sun, like, European? No, uh, Teenage no. Victory song ends up as a B-side to Hash Pipe. Oh, okay. Like. Okay. So the first first B-side. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, without further ado, should we just jump into Teenage Victory song? Yeah, let's do it. All right. I'm gonna play all night. I'm gonna beat you right and match you in the night and kick you out of sight because you don't know the That was fun. That was really good. Yeah. I um, really like the like halftime drums on that part. You know what I'm talking about. No, but like, <laughs> is, is my cat dying, Bill? Your cat seems fine. You make dying cat sounds whenever you're trying to do whaley guitar or synthy shit. Well, it's really dissonant and distorted. I was thinking that song definitely should have made the album, except for the last lyrics of... Uh, I'm going to play all night. I'm going to beat you right and mash you in the nads Oh, that, that's kick you out of sight. They, they come back to that twice. It's also in the beginning of the song. Okay. Well, if I was paying attention to the beginning, I would have been like, okay, I see why we're not keeping I mean, hey, it's, it's called Teenage Victory Song. I think from the perspective of an angsty teenager uh, in middle America, that is the exact lyricism that 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 person would come up with. But it's not an easy teenager. It's rivers. No, but it's called teenage <laughs> victory song. I think he's trying to write from that perspective. Mm. I like it musically. Lyrically could use some work. Oh yeah, totally. But that was fun all around. I think that was just a, a really fun song. That was good. Some solid B sides so far. B side so far. Right. All right. So what, what do we want to do next? We wanted to do sugar booger. And that one was an island, island in the sun B-side, I believe. Yeah. Wait, it's sugar booger and yes. not booger sugar. Yes. Sugar booger. This is about cocaine though, right? I, it's got to be, right? Did Mikey write it? I'm sorry, Mikey. Yeah. Sorry, that was uncalled for. That was uncalled for and out of pocket. Well, Bill, let's take a few minutes for you to think about what you've done. Every time you turn around. That fucking rude. It did. And I don't think it's about cocaine. No, 
I don't think it is at all. I don't know what it's about. Huh. Yeah, I got a whole lot of nothing looking at that. But that was a really fun one. Um, It was. Musically, that kicked ass. It was like they were trying to recreate the... uh, um, dear, uh, bottle, uh, blue album, alcohol, blue album song. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Trying to recreate some of those feedback hits, though. Yeah, uh, but also a lot of it felt uh more akin to like just like hash pipe. You know, it it did feel yeah. musically similar to a hash pipe off the same album. So I'm all right with leaving it off, but I think uh, throwing that one onto the album instead of leaving it as a B side would have given green album a different feel for sure to have like a second go back to that kind second of chunkier you know, song yeah because that was chunky as hell and i liked that well i kind of went down a little wormhole here while we were listening to it and we have not brought up the catalog o riffs which was created in 1999 by rivers guamo it's a spreadsheet where he's I, I knew he did this a lot later. I didn't think it started this early, but it is straight up a spreadsheet he made of little riff ideas that he likes. And they were apparently public from 1999 till 2002 when he <laughs> decided to stop giving away his riffs he wasn't finished with yet. Okay. But he will put riffs on a spreadsheet like in tabs or in sheet music? I'm not too sure. And I'll have to dive into this later because I imagine a lot of these Maladroit songs are going to end up being on here too. But um, this was a song that was one of the earlier ones on there as as well as a Teenage Victory song was on there. Okay. So like he'll write a riff or a lick or just, you know, couple couple lines on guitar and just be like, man, shit, I don't have anything for that now, but... I need to come back to that. Yeah. So, well, let me throw them all on a spreadsheet that I put on the internet for my fans to yeah. see, like, what are we working on? That's cool as hell. It's interesting. I mean, that's what you always say. He is a, a, a Dr. Frankenstein of music, and he really starts to do that with these little bits of riffs and just piecing them together to try to recreate other pop songs. And it fucking works. It's Weezer, man. Okay. Wow. Bill, those were some really good B-sides. We've had some pretty solid B-sides most all the way through the show. Yeah, they make good (laughs) B-sides. Some of them should be on the album. I don't understand why some of them didn't make the cut. Yeah. um, You know, even some of the songs from the Black Hole one. You know, I think uh, I just threw out the love of my dreams. Should have been on Pinkerton. That would have been amazing. And that's still, uh, while we're recording in the cycle, still blowing up on TikTok. That song has so much legs if they would have put that... I mean, the problem with putting it out at the time is you're having a different vocalist on a song on your second album that would have been a massive hit, but then it's going to be like, well, where's the female vocalist that I like? Why is this nerdy white guy with glasses singing this song? Well, Bill, speaking of blowing up on TikTok, (laughs) you you know know what's the thing that we do on this episode is uh, bullshit songs. True. So I wanted to bring a bullshit song to you today. Wait, what does this have to do with blowing up on TikTok? Uh, because this is a song that got no play when it came out on the 1999 album Weedus by Weedus. Mm, this song is currently, it's going to date us really quick because TikTok trends move quickly, but currently just throughout the love of my dreams and Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus are trending like a motherfucker. So should we give it a spin? Because this song did initially come out uh, in 1999. This 
band really got no play in the U.S. I looked them up a little bit. Uh, they did have some play in Australia and the U.K., but in the U.S., the label didn't really know where they fit. Uh, so they've done, you know, now that the song is huge on TikTok, uh, or at least was months ago. My only TikTok knowledge is through my wife. I'm, I'm not even on TikTok, no, by I'm, the way. I'm, so I'm very on top of this. Uh, yeah. Bill, I think we should just listen to Teenage Dirtbag by Weedus, right? Do it. Throw right. it on. And she doesn't That is a solid alt-rock jam. Yeah. I get why it peaked uh, at number one in Australia and number two in the UK. I also kind of get, though, why it was lost within everything that was happening in late 90s alt-rock. Like, that is a tasty fucking late 90s alt-rock lick. Same with Harvey Danger's Flagpole Sitta. Neither of those bands made it out. That song should have gotten more play in the U.S. when it came out. Good for it now that it's getting play, <laughs> because that that song should have been a little bit bigger than it was in the U.S. I think it deserves where it ended up, and I think they're a fairly solid one-hit wonder that uh, Weedus. Oh man, with like twenty former band members. Their yeah. Wikipedia page really has it filled out. So it's just everybody that has played. It's that guy. It's that, guy that guy is the band. That guy. And then there was, you know, pretty much everybody stuck around until almost 2001. And then it's just been so many different people. You, um, you well, know, most of them are just background vocalists that has popped in for times. Interesting. Okay. You know, we did say way back at the start of this podcast that Weezer is Rivers and Rivers is Weezer. If we lost a major, if we lost a member right now, do you think we'd still have Weezer? If Pat or Brian took off? Wow, that's so interesting. Right? right at because the, it, at the start of this, I was like, yeah, it's Rivers. I'm not too sure anymore by this point. Yeah. Because, it, it, you know, we're in uh, May of 2002, and we're going to have to double back for the Maladroit that's coming up. But Yeah, our lineup's finally solidified. And living, it's gonna be that way for twenty years. Yeah, living twenty years, twenty-two years in the future. I don't know if the band would keep going again if we lost members like they did at the start. Maybe though. Mm-hmm. What the fuck else is Rivers gonna do? Who knows? But Bill, it's it's only two thousand two, and Scott Triner is here on a fill-in provisional basis, so we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves. That's so true. let's bring it back into the now, into the bullshit into the secret songs. I'm going to need you to call something, Bill. What are we listening to? Well, since we're not going back to the Warp Tour ever, and I see no other time to talk about my favorite band, No Effects, we're going to listen to a No Effects song. We're going to listen to No Effects' Sing Double at the Triple Rock off their 2006 album, Wolves in Wolves Clothing. Obviously, they weren't playing this when wow, they were. Wow, dude. Yeah, jumping ahead. I'm jumping ahead, but we're not going to get to talk about No Effects again. No Effects is one of the staples of Warp Tour. Once, uh, I think their first one was in the later 90s, but they were there almost every year, and they were there with Weezer. And uh, as we talked about during Mikey's uh, starting of his breakdown, uh, it is noted in No Effects' book that 
he did a lot of blow with uh, Eric Melvin of No Effects. Wait, but like, wasn't Weezer only on that tour for a week, and Weezer and No Effects never tour again? So like, it makes it into No Effects's book that Mikey Welsh was doing a lot of cocaine. Like, they knew each other for a week, and it was notable enough for the it book. It was notable enough that they note that in the book he said, I did a lot of cocaine with the basis of Weezer, and then I heard he got kicked out of Weezer. I hope that that just helped him get clean or something. He is aware that Mikey passed later. Are we, have we talked about that? I, no, because it's not 2011 yet. It's not 2011 yet, but... Mikey Mikey does get some recovery after leaving Weezer, but, you know, addiction's a hell of a, hell, it's a bitch, you know? Yeah. It's a bitch. Something that NoFX knows all about, so let's listen to the song about drinking. All right, let's do it. Uh, Seeing Double at the Triple Rock. Short, punky, drunky songs. <laughs> punky, drunky songs. That's no effects. That was fun, man. I love that band. Yeah. Um, I haven't jumped into it. It's probably too late for me to jump into it. Never too late for no effects. That's not really my the, the style of music that I'm looking for actively in this stage of my life. Madness. I, man, I'm like, I, I got a job and a house and a wife. <laughs> Like, so do all these guys now. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, you're right. That's a me problem. Cause that was good. That was a lot of fun. Um, I've been a no effects contrarian in the past just to be a dick to you <laughs> because that's been more the dynamic of some of our older shows. Um, but I'm not going to, I'm going to sit here and tell you that I didn't have fun listening to that song right now. Good. That, was, that, was, that was good. It, it is good. I, I think it's a good way to leave green on a partying, drunken, good time. Well, but this album cover is a little bit more yellow, as you can <laughs> see. It's um, that the color is not really the same. Yeah, that's them pushing Mikey out. Man, again, you have been just <laughs> off the cuff really mean to Mikey no, today. Nobody knows what the cover of Wolves and Wolves clothing looks like. It's the end of Mikey, though. It is. Yeah, it's the end of Mikey. We haven't really officially gotten into the start of Scott yet. We yeah. know he's there. He's playing some bass, but. It's interesting. I'm curious to see if there is going to be any difference between bass players. Cause Rivers writes everything. I can't imagine Scott having too much input on this next album, but maybe he does. Especially knowing that like they've already demoed so much of it b- before he shows up. Like Mikey, before he leaves, plays that BBC sessions that's all Maladroit songs and even things that get cut for Maladroit. So like by the time Scott shows up, these are songs that have, you know, been demoed probably at least a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Definitely the the whole the whole green era is just kind of the tragedy of Mikey Welsh to a certain extent, which is why I do think about him a lot when we're doing anything involving green, just the way it uproots his life to go be in a band that doesn't do anything 
then goes on a massive tour, which spirals his mental health out of control. Does a lot real quick. You're getting thrown into such a different world with that. And it was all just because you met Rivers at a diner after a show and somebody from the Boston's mentioned your name. That's crazy. It's a... It's a narrative that I wasn't really expecting when we started this. I knew some of the tragedies coming up or, or that we already covered, like Michael and Carly, but I didn't see Mikey Welsh turning out the way it turned out. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, because, I mean, something that I say off camera all the time is if I didn't know a lot of the story was true, I would think it was complete horseshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... On, on its face, if you just look at the very outside of what happened with Mikey and Weezer, it seems pretty, you know, a cut and dry situation. It's just a basis that like some drugs get, gets, gets kicked out of the band. Yeah. The, uh, the, what would you call it? Legend that I always heard growing up before knowing anything about Weezer was, oh yeah, they had the bass player for green and he got kicked out of the band because he smoked too much weed and listened to Fu Manchu all the time. And like I, the Fu Manchu thing might be right. I haven't found any evidence of it though. Yeah. But I haven't seen anything contrary. But the whole Mikey story, once you really get into it over these few years, is ah, I feel for the guy. Yeah, and he's got a few more years left in him. We'll cover him if he pops up in the story anymore. I'm not too sure. Yeah, I mean, he definitely will come back um, for some shows. So on the tour episodes, I'm sure he'll pop in. Um, but for the most part, he is uh, just doing visual art. He paints mm-hmm. um, for the rest of his career. Man, and imagine that going from like music being your life to just getting so decrepit mentally on a tour with Weezer that you just stop. Yeah. Wild. Wild. And that's green. Man, that was a really sad way to end this. It's just, I think it's a very sad saga of Weezer these couple years. Which leaves us with Island in the Sun, just the most <laughs> upbeat, happy, polished, you know, clean thing that I think they've put out. Yeah. Huh. But I don't know, John. We uh, we as Weezer have fired management. We're self-producing our next album, and I think it's going to get a little dirty. Not like sexy dirty. Well, maybe. I don't remember the lyrics to Maladroit that well. Well, I mean... When we're in the studio, it's always getting sexy, dirty. Goddamn right. Bill, we just got one more thing to ask, though. It's May 13th, 2002, the day before Maladroid drops. Okay. Are you a Weezer fan? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Same. Yes, I am. Same. I am a Weezer. We'll see you next time. Uh, Bill, where can people find us? You can check us out on Twitter or X at A-Y-A-W-F pod or just search Are You a Weezer Fan? And we are on TikTok and Instagram at Are You a Weezer Fan? All right. Uh, yeah, and don't forget, you can also find us on Patreon. That link is going to be in the description if you want to uh, support us and get some fun bonus content where we listen to pretty much exclusively non-Weezer music. Uh, we still talk about Weezer, though. It happens. Um, yeah, we'll see you next time.